Hey, I want to start off this morning with just a little bit of a game, a little bit of audience interaction. You can play along at home here this morning. I'm going to name some companies, and when I name the company, I want your help in telling me what you think of when you think of that company. So the first one, Avon. What do you think of when you think of the company Avon? Makeup, perfume, yes, well done. That's right. That's what I would think of when I start, when I think about the company Avon. But you may be surprised to learn, and someone here I think already knew this, that in 1886, David McConnell started this company by selling books door to door. That was the premise of the company Avon. But what he did to incentivize it is uh, for the ladies that purchased the books, he would give a free sample of perfume. And it soon became clear that they actually liked the perfume more than they liked the books. So he kind of moved and changed the trajectory of the company. And now Avon is known as the cosmetics company that it is today. All right, how about the word Wrigley? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, there we go. Chicago, the Cubs. But most, most of you said gum and you would be correct. When I think of Wrigley, I think of spearmint, juicy fruit and double mint. But again... Back in, uh, when was it? Back in the 1900s, I think, William Wrigley Jr., when he started his business, he actually sold soap and baking powder. But as a salesman, he wants to boost his sales, so he would give away free sticks of gum as incentives for buying the merchandise he was selling. And the gum was more popular than the baking soda and the soap. So he shifted his company's platform to be a company that sold gum instead. How about this one? When I say the company Mattel, what do you think of? Barbie, exactly, yes, toys, in particular Barbie. Well, in 1945, when the company Mattel started, uh, they would sell picture frames. Then they went to selling dollhouse furniture as well. And then pretty soon, along with their dollhouse furniture, you could buy the dolls themselves. And suddenly they saw all this popularity of, of dolls and Barbie. And, and now Mattel is the toy company that we think of to this day. Final one. When I say Taco Bell, what do you think of? That's right. Pepto-Bismol and toilet paper. That's what I think of. <laughs> when I think of Taco Bell, obviously. But yeah, tacos as well, yes. Uh, Fine Mexican cuisine. That's what I think of when I think of uh, Taco Bell. But listen to this, listen to this. In 1948, Taco Bell opened originally as a hot dog stand. But the place across the street sold tacos and experienced much longer lines and better business. So Glenn Bell the founder of Taco Bell, he decided to add tacos to his menu and the rest is history. And I know I'm saying tacos and you're all saying the thing is tacos. I know, I know. So Taco Bell. (laughs) But the point I want to make by, by talking about these four different companies is this, regardless of what your reputation has been up until now, you can change it. You can still change it. And the reason I say that is because we've kicked off the year 2024 with a series here at Connects that we've called FOR, F-O-R. And over the last few weeks, we've been talking about this idea of what we as a church want to be known for. Because we've acknowledged that sadly, the truth is that, that sometimes 
outside of the church, people who don't attend church on a regular basis, when they think of Christians, when they think of churchgoers, when they think of people who attend church on a regular basis, they tend to think more about what we're against than what we're for. And sadly, I think they tend to think that because sometimes we tend to share more what we are against than what we are for. So we as a church, we don't believe it's too late for that reputation to change. At least here in Washington, Illinois. At least here in central Illinois, the surrounding areas, when people think of the church, people in our community who don't attend church, who don't come to church, when they think about church, we would hope that um, as a result of what Connect Church is doing in this community, they would know that we are a people who are, are for them. They would know us for what we are for as opposed to what we are against. You know, Jesus himself, he kind of summed up his mission one day in a very short couple of verses. In John 10, verse nine to 10, he said, I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. They will come in and go out and find pasture. The thief, he comes only to steal, kill and destroy. I've come that they may have life and have it to the full. Jesus is for us. God is for you this morning. He is for you so much that wherever you find yourself this morning, somebody who's been in church all their lives or somebody who is brand new and still checking things out, not even really sure what you believe. I wanna tell you, God is for you. So much so that he sent Jesus, his son, to die, to rise again. But more than that, to, to give you access to life and life to the full. You know who's against you this morning? Jesus tells us, the thief. He wants to kill, he wants to lie, he wants to steal, he wants to destroy. But God is for you this morning. And as a church, we want that to be the message that you hear on a regular basis here at Connect on a Sunday morning. We want that to be what our community hears from us as we do life alongside of them. So over the last few weeks, we've, we've kind of narrowed it down to some few things that we'd like to be known for specifically. We'd like to be a church that's known for the community outside of our walls. That when people think of Connect Church, they know, oh, that's a church. That's a group of people who are for the community, the people outside of this church. Last week, Whitney talked about the fact that community outside of the church is important, but, but community inside the church is also important. We want people who attend Connect Church on a regular basis to know that we are for community. We're for connection. We're for this being a place that's not just somewhere you come and, and, and maybe have a cup of coffee and enjoy the service and leave, but it's somewhere where you connect. You meet other people, other people who are searching like you, other people who are looking to, to experience God in their lives, other people who are looking to grow in areas of their life. And you'll get connected to those people and you'll learn and you'll grow and your kids will, will learn and they will grow. We wanna be known as a church, as a group of people who are for people and relationships. When you come on a Sunday morning, I hope 
that you experience that here, that, that, that we are people who are for others, for people, for people who look like us and for people who don't look like us, for people who think the same way we do and for people who think very differently than we do. Because God loved every one of us and we want them to experience that same love from us as we experienced from God himself. And this morning, we're gonna close out this series by thinking about one more idea this morning. When people think of Connect Church and, and what we are for as a whole, my hope and prayer is that people will think, you know that Connect, they are known for their generosity. Connect Church is known for its generosity. For the way it gives, for the way it gives its time, and for the way it gives its resources and, and impacts the community and impacts the world and impacts the people that call Connect Church their church home. We are known for our generosity. Right now, there are organizations like St. Jude and Mums Who Care in uh, District 50 in St. Lands and Foster Village Peoria who could say this morning, yes, we know that Connect Church is, is for us, that they are a generous church. In the last few months, we've experienced their generosity, whether it be through Give 2023 or sponsorship of an, of an event, we've experienced, we, we know that Connect Church is a generous church. But I hope you know, and I say this a lot, that when they say that, they're not talking about this building. They're not talking about the four brick walls and the roof and that place over there, that building, they're very generous, no. I believe Jesus teaches that, that this church, this building, this is where we gather to worship, but Connect Church is us. We are the church. You, this morning, are Connect Church. So what that means is, if we were to say we want Connect Church to be known for its generosity, the question we've really got to ask ourselves is, are we willing to become people who are known for our generosity? Because if we are known for our generosity, then Connect Church will be known for its generosity. Generosity is such an important topic because it sits right at the heart of the good news that Jesus came to bring. For God so loved the world that he gave. He gave his son. We took communion this morning to remember the great price God was willing to pay to show his love for you and for me. The heart of the good news, the heart of the gospel message is that God gave of himself. Generosity right there. And however generous you've ever been in your life, it pales into insignificance compared to the greatest act of generosity we can imagine. God the Father sending God, his only son Jesus, to die in our place. If nothing else, that should motivate, say, God, you gave so much. I wanna give back to you. My response, I can never give what you've given, but I can choose to be, to be known for my generosity because I see that in what you did for me. Since the time of Jesus, this has been a, an idea, this, this idea of generosity. It's been something that's talked about throughout the scriptures, Old Testament and New. There was a guy in the New Testament, his name was Paul. Paul came along after Jesus, um, many years after Jesus. He, he wasn't a follower of Jesus himself at the time. 
And then he has this encounter with the resurrected Jesus. It changes his life. He goes from being somebody who was very anti-Christian. He was persecuting the Christians. He was having them killed. He turns his life around completely. He becomes one of the pioneers of the early church. He goes all across the New Testament world planting these churches. He would start a church. He would raise up a leader. And then he'd move on to start another church. And he'd raise up a leader. And then he'd move on to start another church. And we now have this wonderful luxury of these letters that Paul then wrote to those churches, to those leaders. They're a large part of the New Testament. One of the letters he wrote was to a young leader named Timothy. I think it's time for a sip. I can hear my voice getting squeakier and squeakier up here. It, honestly, it's the fattest. Just so you can feel my pain, it's peppermint tea, apple cider vinegar, Honey and cayenne pepper. Yeah, disgusting. If I wasn't sick, I'd let you share, but it's, <laughs> you don't want to drink this. Ah, but it does the trick. So, Paul is writing to this young man named Timothy. Timothy's the leader of this church. He's given him all this practical advice on how to lead the church. And then he writes about a specific group of people within Timothy's church. There were people who had the means to give. People who could be generous. He says, Timothy, here's what you need to challenge those people with. 1, oh, one Timothy 6, 17 to 19. Teach those who are rich in this world not to be proud and not to trust in their money, which is so unreliable. Their trust should be in God who richly gives us all we need for our enjoyment. Tell them to use their money to do good. They should be rich in good works and generous to those in need, always being ready to share with others. By doing this, they will be storing up their treasure as a good foundation for the future so that they may experience true life. Now, some of you, you're already thinking, oh, thank goodness, that's not for me. Because <laughs> it starts out by saying, teach those who are rich. I'm not rich. <laughs> well, let me tell you something here this morning before you write yourself off. Consider this. If you have a subscription to Hulu, Netflix, or Amazon Prime, if you bought a cup of coffee this week at the Blend or at Fair, if you own a car, even if it's a 1970 AMC Gremlin, if you have a garage that's attached to your house, if you have different outfits based on the season of the year, if you've ever upgraded something that worked perfectly fine, but you wanted the newer model, compared to the majority of people in this world. You are rich. We are incredibly blessed here this morning. I did some research. I found out that a family of four earning $75,000, that's just slightly below the median income, the average income for a family in Washington, Illinois, a family of four earning $75,000 are in the top 10% of the wealthiest people in the world. So if you're a family of four, earning $75,000 or more, you're in the top 10%. If you have a dual income and it's higher than that, you go up to like the top seven, the top 6% of the wealthiest people in the world. We are incredibly blessed this morning because of the country we were born in, because of the family we were raised in, the community that we live in, by the standards of a large part of the rest of the world, we are truly blessed. We are rich. And here's what we need to remember. With great power comes great responsibility. 
Sorry, some of you thought that was from the Bible. It's not, it's Peter Parker. It's not the apostle Peter, it's Peter Parker. And it's true. We've been given so much. We're, we're blessed this morning and there is a responsibility. We have this great wealth, this great resource and now we have some responsibility. What am I gonna do with this? Paul says we should use our money to do good. We should be rich in good works, generous to those in need, always being ready to share with others. You know, one of the ways you can be generous here this morning, here's a practical way, is that you can give here at Connect. You can support the ministries of Connect. Many who attend Connect on a regular basis, who, who consider Connect Church to be their church home, they've decided as part of my attendance here, I'm gonna choose to give. As a follower of Jesus, I'm gonna make that decision to give. Our ultimate goal here is 100%. Our ultimate goal, our desire, is that 100%, everyone who calls Connect Church their church home would in some way give something. And I know that can sound very self-serving, and maybe it's hard to hear this morning because it's filtered through a negative experience that you've had in the past with another church that just seems to maybe talk about this on a very regular basis. Or you saw some evidence of, of money just not really being used wisely or well. So when you hear a pastor on the stage say, hey, we'd love to see everyone give, you're like, oh, here we go. But honestly, hand on heart here this morning, it's not because we want something from you. It's honestly because we want something for you. We believe the Bible teaches this. We believe many of us have experienced this, that there is something that we experience in our relationship with God when we make a choice to be generous. The way in which God blesses us, the way in which God helps us to keep some perspective in our life of how important money and, and resources are gonna be compared to God himself and our relationship with him. Listen to what Paul said to Timothy. I'll say it again. It was 1 Timothy 6, 19. Storing up their treasure as a good foundation for the future. This is why he was saying it's good to give because you're, not giving, you're, you're storing up your treasure as a good foundation for the future. It's the best investment imaginable. You will experience true life because you're giving to uh, what the Bible sometimes says, uh, something that doesn't get destroyed by rust or by moths. It's an internal investment. It's like you're giving to eternity. And while I think it's biblical to give in this way to support a local church that you're a part of, I still think from a pastoral point of view that it's important that we as a church earn your trust. If you're gonna support us financially, we should be willing to, to earn your trust. So we've done this a few times in the past here at Connect. We're gonna do it again this morning. Uh, we have um, a group of people that make up what we call our management team. Um, they're people who meet with me on a regular basis and, and really help look at the big picture of church, of Connect Church and the budget and the staff and vision, direction, that kind of thing. And this is good because it means that there are people other than me involved in some of these very important decisions.
So Brad Mahoney, uh, he's been a part of Connect Church since we launched back in 2013. Fantastic family, great guy. He's a part of that team. He's also, um, he works for a bank here in the community, so he's great with numbers. Um, I've asked him to come and take a few minutes here in the service just to kind of give us a, a state of the union address, a little uh, budget update on where we are. And, and some of you think, do I really need to know all this? You may not need to, but it's good to know that someone knows it. Okay, so Brad's going to give us a little update on where we are right now as a church. And I'm going to stand here because I might chime in from time to time if I think of something. Please feel free. Thanks, Dave. <clears throat> hey guys, as you mentioned, I'm Brad. And as a management team, we just to make sure we're, we're transparent, right? So all the money that we have here, some of you, most of you probably realize this, but a lot of pro, um, nonprofits, the money that they get, they get federal money, they get some grants, they get maybe some state funding. Churches don't operate that way. So all the money that we have, it's from giving, it's from you guys, it's from the church. So um, I think that's important to note about um, the importance. And again, like David said, it's not because we want necessarily something from you, it's, it's really for you. And that's really what all this is about. So we're gonna go through some, some trends. Um, we got a few slides we're gonna go through quickly. Um, and so we can start on those. So we're gonna start with attendance. So going back the last five, six years, can kind of see um, what I've got on there is really stable growth. So going back to 2018, we're about 440. We're almost twice that now in the last five, six years. So September of 2019 is when we opened this building. So it's hard to believe, but this will be five years, I, know, I think, coming up. Um, but really, we're low 500s, jumped to about 600 once we opened the building, saw that growth, which we anticipated, which is great. And you can see pretty stable until just this past year. So big growth really in 2023, which is awesome. We're praising God for that. Um, but it's a big jump. It's a lot more people and we've got effectively the same amount of staff. So um, that's always something we're looking at. So, And this does represent both our in-person attendance and people who watch online. We track both those numbers. So we've been doing that ever since uh, 2020 when we really started doing more online. Yep, good point. So we got what we call really stable growth. Um, I don't want to say easy to manage, but easier to manage for, for five years. And then this past year, 31% growth, which again is fantastic, um, but it's certainly something we're looking at. So we're calling that robust growth last year. So keep that in mind as we go on to the next slide. <clears throat> so this is our, our giving trend. So this is just operational giving. So um, versus the, the big give that we do Christmas time where it's, it's money straight in, money straight out. This is really to operate um, month to month. Um, so going back again to 2018, you can see what we would call stable growth. So 2020, we had a bit of a spike from 2019, which is awesome. Part of that, I think there's a few reasons why that we've talked about as a management team. Some, some people took advantage of kind of every other year giving. We started to see that trend a little bit in even years um, to take advantage of some, some tax benefits, basically. Um, there was some, some money, frankly, that government gave out. And I think we received, as, as those of you who received some gave back, uh, but all in all, stable growth. Again, if you recall the last slide, 2023, attendance is up a lot. Um, giving, frankly, was pretty flat from 22 to 23. So that's typical. Uh, a lot of times you see the people come and then maybe try it out for a little while and the giving tends to follow after that. We're hopeful that that's the case, certainly, um, from new people, but also as, as all of us kind of grow deeper in our faith and maybe hopefully become more generous as we um, come to understand the things Dave is, Dave is talking about today. So hopefully we'll see that trend that we saw on the last slide into 24 and, and see more of that robust growth. 
Um, next slide, please. So this is our budget. So operating budget, we look at this every year, of course, uh, and then track it throughout the course of the year to make adjustments if we ever should have to. So 2024 operational giving we have there at 742,000. And then we broke it down into five other different categories. So we have uh, ministry, which is everything really to put on what we do on a Sunday morning for our youth group, for everything in the back with the kids area. Uh, missions, if you can do the math, uh, operational giving 742 missions is exactly 10 per, not exactly, but it is 10% of that. Um, probably 10.05% or whatever. So anyway. <laughs> over and above. Over and above. Yes. So um, that's our tie. So that's one-tenth of what we have that comes in. We set aside right away to give. So it's, it's a biblical thing. One-tenth is what we set aside every single month. That goes to fund other churches, other church launches. So we've helped launch churches in Minnesota, Kansas City. We got some in Seattle, Washington, Boston, Connecticut. That's us giving to others, right? Yeah. So, and that's what we hope for you guys to do the same. And actually community outreach is part of that missions as well. So when mm -hmm. you see, when you hear about things we've done for um, organizations locally and uh, even benevolence, helping with people in need in the area, all of that comes from money. So you're, you're a part of that. If you've given a dollar in the um, offering, 10 cents of that dollar helps go to that mission outside of the walls of this church. Yep, absolutely. Uh, facilities, that's really the mortgage, um, utility bills, insurance, all those sort of things that we have as households. We certainly have that here as a church. Um, salaries, so I do want to point this out. So a healthy church is expected to have about 45 to 55% of their income go out to salaries because we've got to serve the people that are coming here. Um, it's important to note, though, however, yes, that makes a lot, makes up a lot of our, our budget. However, Dave is a minister, a pastor, so um, all that our staff does, you can really throw that into the ministry category or the missions category. Yes, they're paid, they have to be paid. We have six full-time staff here, three part-time staff. What they do is going into ministry, so in a way you could almost lump that into those categories, but um, just wanted to point that out. And I'll say as well on that as well, it's important to see because that is such a large number and such a large part of the pie. But yeah, that's nine employees, six full, three part. Um, but also, we, have, we had a volunteer banquet just recently, over 200 people. We have so many volunteers here at the church. So we've really tried to work as leanly as possible on paid staff people because we have so many people who serve in, in so many ways. So thank you those of you who give in your time because it helps us to keep that number um, lower than it could be if we had to hire everyone to do everything. Sure. Yeah, I would say a church typically of our size definitely has more staff than what we have now. And that's a tribute to you guys. Like Dave said, got a lot of volunteers, which is awesome. We're able to use that money for other things. Um, at some point, it'd sure, it'd be great to have more staff um, just to continue to, to serve you guys. Uh, last is administrative. That's maybe some due subscriptions and that sort of thing. Um, just continuing ongoing expenses. Uh, and then, yeah, last slide's fine. Um, this is cash. So, End of last year, we ended operational cash with about 148,000. We are projected to have $15,000 in cushion this year, which would bring our cash at the end of this year to about 164,000. That's, could we take that money and do something with it right now? Obviously, would that be wise? Probably not. Just like you guys, we'd encourage you to have savings. Our target is typically three months worth. 
which can allow us to maybe do some one-offs. We've given to Dream Center different things that allow us to do that, but also um, if we need to take on need to take on staff, things like that, it's always wise to have reserves. So um, our target is three, three months worth of spending in reserves. We're projected to be a little bit under that, frankly now, um, but we've still been in a pretty healthy cash position the last several years has been pretty stable. So I should mention too, and I think I forgot first service that we did invest some cash, frankly, into solar. So that is part of the reason why our cash balance might be a little bit lower with the expectation, well, that we will get some credits for that, frankly, that'll help build up our cash. Um, but then our expenses, of course, will be lower for electrical. So uh, anything else, Dave, you wanted me to, no, to touch on? So. Yeah. No, thank you guys so much for your generosity, truly. Hopefully that gives a little insight. If you guys have any questions, I would always be happy to answer them. So thank you. Thank you. Yeah. You know, I love it. We've done that a few times before on a Sunday morning. I love it because I can tell that there are some people like, you know, it's fine. I don't need to know this. I don't know what that means. But then others of you, I see you kind of like leading in because you're like, I like this kind of stuff. Like this is the stuff that I want to know. I do this for a living. I sit in conference rooms and, and look at pie charts. And, and hopefully, whether you're somebody who really loves pie charts or somebody who's like, okay, that kind of went over my head. Either way, I hope you all leave this morning just a little more assured to know that there are some people who know answers to those questions, who have thought about this, who have got some, some plans in place because we appreciate your generosity. I wouldn't feel comfortable speaking on what I feel the Bible teaches on giving if I felt that we were disingenuous with what we were gonna do with what you did give, that we weren't gonna treat those funds wisely, that we were living haphazardly with the, 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 the giving that you give to the church. So let me finish this morning by just throwing out a little challenge here. One of the things I love about Connect is that every Sunday morning when I look out across this room, I know people watching online as well, we have such a range of people in their journeys of faith. Some of you here this morning, man, you've been going to church all your life. You remember following Jesus at a very young age. You've, you've grown, you've matured. He's, he's such a big part of your life. And then there are others of you here this morning, you're, this is brand new. You're coming because a friend's invited you. You're coming because you thought it'd be good for your kids to go to connect kids. And, and you're still not even sure if you know what you believe. But you're searching. And I believe that when it comes to generosity, all of us are across that scale as well. That God can speak to every one of us this morning where we are at in different ways. So, so let me do that if I can. Let me, let me kind of throw out three ideas here, three, three steps, if you'd like, that may help you say, okay, I'm, on, I'm not on the steps yet, but I could get onto step one. Or I'm on step one, and maybe it's time for me to move to step two, or, or maybe it's time for me to move to step three. But, but hopefully, as I talk about these three ideas this morning to close out the service, you'll see yourself somewhere in one of those. And when you ask God, you'll say, God, is this where you want me to be? Could I be moving forward a little bit in this area of my life? Could my faith be stretched a bit more? So the first step I always think of is to have a plan. Maybe for some of you this morning, when it comes to generosity, just deciding to create a plan when it comes to giving is something new. You've never done this before. You've never sat down and said, I'm gonna have a plan. Maybe you've given in the past, but it's been kind of random or you've, you know, you've had some extra money or there's been a particular need and, and you've given, but you've never had a specific plan. 
Paul says in 2 Corinthians 9 verse 7, you must each decide in your hearts how much to give. You've got to have a plan. And don't give reluctantly or in response to pressure. And I hope you don't feel any of that pressure this morning. That's not the case. God loves a person who gives cheerfully. Many here this morning have got a plan, have already established a plan. Years ago, uh, not too long ago, we used to pass a basket on Sunday mornings. We would take up an offering every Sunday. It was part of our service. We actually stopped it during COVID. When we started gathering again after the lockdown, it was one of those hygiene things. We thought, you know, we probably shouldn't be passing a basket. Everyone's touching it all around. It's literally just passing germs. It's me passing my cup. Yeah, that's it, passing along. It's just a terrible idea. So we stopped doing it for safety during COVID. And fortunately, many of you knew that, you know, for the church to continue to pay its bills, you would have to have a plan. So, so you arrived on a Sunday with a check already written or you arrive with some cash to put in the black uh, boxes at the back of the room or maybe you got online and you, you donated online or even better still, you set up a plan so that every week it just made the donation for you straight out of your bank account or, or off your card. And because you made that plan, we continued to see the, uh, the funds come in during that lockdown period. But then the world started to get normal again. And as a staff, we talked and said, should we bring the basket back? But we started to talk about some of the other negatives of the basket. It can be kind of awkward as it's being passed around the room. And, and sometimes, I don't know about you, but I would feel the pressure when the basket was coming by and I'd, I'd have to like take it and then just pass it on. I would say, I gave online. It's okay, I, I, I've already given, but I gave online. <laughs> you know, because you don't want to be that person who passes it along and doesn't put anything in it. So we're like, maybe we could get creative. We could have some people at the back of the room with iPads and, and as you leave, they, you, you, know, you have to stop there and they say, hey, great to see you. Did you have a good morning? I'm gonna flip the screen. It's gonna ask you a few questions if you just wanna uh, hit one of those buttons there. But we thought, you know, that's, that's uncomfortable. Every week we have somebody here for the very first time and we don't want you to feel any discomfort in any way around that. So for those of you who are regular attenders, of Connect Church, this is your church home. If you've not yet decided, hey, this is my plan, maybe talk to your spouse, talk to your family and say, this is what we wanna give. You could set it up online, you could come ready to give each Sunday. And maybe some of you sitting here this morning thinking, Dave, it's fine, I came up with a plan. Five years ago, same plan. <laughs> maybe, maybe it's time to say, God, is this still the same plan? Is there something new I could do? Is, is there an area you're gonna stretch me in in this area of my life? Maybe it's to that second step. Brad alluded to it when he talked earlier, but there is something that the Bible talks about called the tithe. It goes all the way back to the Old Testament. It's a crazy concept. Uh, Malachi 3.10, God speaking to the people of Israel. He said, bring all the tithes into the storehouse so there will be enough food in my temple. If you do, says the Lord of heaven's armies, I will open the window of heaven for you. I will pour out a blessing so great that you won't have enough room to take it in. Try it. Put me to the test. That word tithe, it literally means 10%. And the plan God put in place for the people of Israel was there are priests that work in the temple so all the people of Israel, 10% of your stuff, 10% of your crops, your, your, your livestock, you'll bring that to the temple. And that's what will support the people who work in the temple. And God kind of put that plan in place. And still to this day, many follow that principle. 
They say, you know, I believe that's God's plan for me, that I'm gonna set aside 10% of what I have. And I'm gonna bring that to the storehouse. I'm gonna bring that to my local church. I'm gonna give in that way. Many in Connect still do that today. And I think for some of us that can seem like, man, that's, that's, that's quite a lot of money. Or that's, uh, that's hard to wrap my head around. I think the way people are able to do it, who understand the thought behind it is, is let me give you this illustration. Imagine this morning I had um, 10 $100 bills and I just picked someone at random to give them to. I'm not gonna do that, I'm sorry. It would have been very creative and very... Uh, but no, not doing that. But you came up here and I said, here they are. One, two, three, four, eight hundred, nine hundred, one thousand dollars. Thank you so much for coming. That's my gift to you. Off you go. You're like, thank you so much. And as you're leaving the stage, I said, oh, you know what? Hold on one second. Could I have one of those hundred dollar bills back? You'd be like, well, sure. <laughs> I still get to keep the other nine? Absolutely, Yeah. It changes your mindset when you, when you live a life saying, God, I believe that everything I have is from you. That all I have, the resources I have, the, the health I have to be able to work in the job in which I work, it's because of you. And I'm so thankful, God. And I accept that all of this you've given to me freely, I will happily give back to you. And some choose to follow that, that biblical principle there of the idea of 10%. But let me just throw one last challenge out here this morning. That's to the, the, the next step. Because some of us have done so well, we, we've lived for a long time on that idea of that tide, that 10%. But sometimes we need to go back to God and say, God, is this still what you would have me do? Is this your um, plan for me? Solomon, one of the wealthiest of men, he said this, those who love money will never have enough. How meaningless to think that wealth brings true happiness. Jesus echoed the same sentiment in the New Testament when he said, no one can serve two masters. You will hate one, love the other. You'll be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and be enslaved to money. Some of us, even when it comes to what we're gonna give, we're down to the percentage point. We're like, this is it. I've checked the box, I've met my requirement, I've done what needs to be, but I'm still holding very tightly to every other part of my resource. And sometimes there are opportunities to give over and above. And are we willing to say, God, this is all yours. I don't ever wanna be trying to serve two gods here. So God, speak to me, let me hold loosely to all that I have so that at any point you could challenge me, you could, you could stretch me in my giving. Again, as we close out this morning, please know we're not sharing this because we need something from you. This is between you and God. There's no surveys to fill in. There's no response cards where you have to tell us what you're gonna do and how much. There's nothing like that. This is between you and God. And it's not because we want something from you. It's because we want something for you. We think it'll change your life if you'll give this to God and say, God, I want this area of my life to be fully under your control. And if that means I have to give, I'm gonna give. If that means I have to come up with a plan, I'm gonna come up with a plan. If that means I'm gonna give a specific amount, I'm gonna give, I'm gonna stretch my faith. Because in doing that, you help us here at Connect Church in our mission to be known for our generosity. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much 
for the incredible generosity of so many people here at Connect Church. Because of their generosity, Lord, we are able to um, put on these services every single weekend. We are able to hire the staff to, to look after our kids on a Sunday morning and teach them how much Jesus loves them. That our students on a Sunday night get to hear from a full-time paid youth pastor. That our worship team gets to be led uh, by somebody who is on staff creatively to help with all the creative elements of the church. Lord, we couldn't do all of these areas of ministry, Father were it not for the generosity of people who called Connect Church their church home. And we thank you for that. And I pray this morning that every single person here who gives would not only experience the, the blessing in their lives of what it's like to live as a cheerful giver, but that they, they, they would realize that every story they hear told on a Sunday morning of a life that's been changed, a church that's been planted, a child somewhere in the world that's been reached as a result of the ministries of Connect Church, they would know they played a part in that. People in the world, people in Washington know us for our generosity and they played a part in that. Thank you for all here. In Jesus' name, amen.